Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hunt, 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 Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is March 15th, and this is episode 13. And on this show, I don't talk to you about what I know, I talk to you about what I want to know. And today I actually want to know a little bit more about spring scouting. Um, I've done my fair share of spring scouting and I find it to be extremely beneficial. My favorite part, uh, I would have to say, is that there's no bugs. So even in, in like early bow season, you'll get mosquitoes and stuff like that. I, I just, I hate mosquitoes. I have a serious passion and hatred for mosquitoes. And uh, this time of year, they're just not out. Especially if you're out in like summer, that would suck. The other side of that is um, what you see now in March is close to what you'd expect to see in uh, November when you're hunting, uh, especially around the rut. So that said, you're, it's going to look very similar. You're not going to worry about cover or anything like that. Um, the other thing is cabin fever has really set in. It's been a long, cold winter, especially if you're here in the Midwest. I'm you know, from Wisconsin, and it's been a nasty, cold, long winter, and it feels really good to have some nice weather. So definitely a great time and reason to be outside. Um, you know, mud after the snow melts, uh, like right now in Wisconsin, we don't have any more snow, so it's melted and that leaves us with a lot of mud, uh, which could really help track, um, you know, some of the tracks that you would find and, and the highways that you would use to traverse. Um, not to mention all the time that, uh, we've spent on the computer throughout the winter months, um, have really, Oh man, I've been looking at a lot of maps. I've been looking at Google Earth. I've been looking at uh, plots of land that I want to hunt. I've been scouting and scouting and scouting digitally, and now it's time to put the boots on the ground. So I have a bit of driving I'm going to have to do. There's a couple spots that I want to get out to. I try last year actually. Um, one of my goals for 2014 was to hunt more new spots than ever before, and I, I successfully had done that. I've, I've simply just walked in the land I'd never hunted before. And a lot of that came from the help of the internet, obviously. So that said, this year, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to try to shoot for another goal of hunting more new land. Uh, there's a lot of public land to hunt, so I'm going to be really excited to be out there doing that. Um, not to mention, there's been a lot of this hype behind the, the Shed Rally of 2015, which took place, um, I believe, this last weekend or weekend before, as the weekend before this last one. Um, I just moved, and I recently got engaged also, so... That's been keeping me very busy lately. Luckily, I've still had time to do these um, these podcasts weekly. So I appreciate everyone that's been listening and, and keeping track and keeping up and uh, providing feedback and that kind of stuff. But I didn't get out to do the shed hunting that I wanted. Um, it would seem that if you're doing that, it's obviously twofold. If you're finding sheds, you're finding where the, the bucks are, and you're also determining that they made it through the winter. So that's beneficial all in of itself. But, you know, if you're out there doing that, great. I don't want to talk about shed hunting, the tips that you could f- use to find sheds. It is what it is. It's a, um, a topic that's probably seen a lot of um, saturation the past two weeks. So I'm just going to try to avoid that mainly. 
Um, things to look for for land. So when I'm looking at uh, doing all my digital scouting, which I've been doing a lot of, like I said, um, look for land with minimal access points. So, um, you know, as long as it's not something that's accessible in many spots, if there's just one spot to get on that land, um, per- perhaps that could be, you know, beneficial if it's a big plot of land. You have to really, you know, hump to get to the other side or really hike and, and trek through some, some garbage to get to the other side. And uh, in, in fact, one, one plot that I hunt, um, the only way to get to the other side is to cross a river. So either you're, you're getting on a canoe, which is really cool, or you're getting on some, you know, um, some waders, either whether it's thigh high or, or some um, overalls. You can get through some, some of the river spots. And uh, just the mass majority of hunters aren't going to be doing that, in my opinion. I, I just don't see that other people are working that hard. The plot that is on the side of uh, without having to cross the river is big enough that I don't think enough people are going to be taking that, that hike. So that's really important. Um, hidden fields, um, natural fl- food plots, whether it's um, you know because it's public land. Again, you're not you're not you're not going to be for me anyways. I'm not. I don't have my own um, plot of food that I'm dealing with and maintaining. Uh, so for me, I'm looking for like apple orchards, things like that. That I know if I've had boots on the ground, there's there's apples in that spot. Uh, be a great great food source, a natural food source, um, as well as don't forget to look at the neighboring land. So um, you know what's what's to the surrounding corridors of that land stretches of big timber or or heavy uh cover and or heavy cover preferably uh funneling into your potential spot that would have a lot of uh, impact especially when the rut kicks up those deer might be you know um, cruising through that land so uh, another thing you can do with this time of the year and again trying to keep these episodes short so i'm I'm going quick i talk quick I'm, i'm moving fast here is um you can pattern other hunters kind of easily this time of year now in wisconsin I, I struggle with this topic because their rules and regulations change so much, but um, it used to be the case that you're not, well, legally is one thing, illegally is another, but you're not able or you were not able to leave your stands in overnight on public land, let alone year round. That said, I was morel mushroom hunting last spring um, and I found a stand actually doing that. And I was like, son of a bitch, look at that stand right there. And uh, oddly enough, they did it smart enough where if you didn't bring your climbing sticks, you're not getting up there. But so that that said, you can there's enough apps out there, GPS apps, where you can mark that stand. And then uh, when you're back out of that plot, if you didn't do your digital scouting ahead of time or, or maybe you're just um, gauging it after the fact, you come back to your computer and you look at that um, stand in relation to the rest of that land and how you intended to hunt it and how that impacts you. And you can, you can pretty much, based on the access points, which I talked about just a minute ago, um, you can really start, start to understand where that hunter is going to come from and how they may push the deer to you or away from you and that kind of stuff, especially if you start to play the wind, you know, um, if they're not practicing good scent control, not like, and that's controversial anyways on a whole other side shoot that um, yeah, scent control is one of those things. The wind is going to be your best friend for that. So pl- play that. You can check for stands. That's an important thing. Um, look for natural ground blinds that maybe someone had built using just um, you know pine bows and, and uh, fallen, fallen trees, things of that nature. Uh, another thing, again, because it's money, just as easily as you're going to find those deer tracks, you're also probably going to find a lot of boot tracks. So look for human traffic. You know, Depending on the plot of land that you're hunting, if you like for me, if I just crossed a river and I know not it's not likely that a lot of other people have been over there. It's going to be pretty easy for me to pinpoint where another hunter is going and or has been or where they're coming from uh, versus if I'm hunting like a, a national park or a state park, for instance, there could be a lot of foot traffic there anyways, just from people recreating and going on hikes and things of that nature. Um, but you can tell when someone's tracking a deer, you know, if you have deer tracks and you're following a deer highway and you see, you know, some big old size 12 boot print through there, uh, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be other hunters going that direction. So you might want to try to, you know, 
uh, take a direction that maybe that person didn't go just to see what's going on over there instead, or know that, Hey, this guy went over here and he, you know, dicked around by this tree and pissed in that spot or whatever. Um, again, with same thing with patterning other hunters, you can, you know, just in general, um, you know, hunters tend to drive trucks. That's not always true, but the majority seem to. So, you know, parked trucks in areas that there normally wouldn't be parked trucks, that kind of stuff, where are they at? Um, and then I, I did talk about shed antlers. So real quick podcast for today. I, I don't have a guest on, obviously it's just been me. So just a quick recap. There's no bugs, <laughs> you know, cabin fever. It's a nice time to get out of the, you know, to get out of the house. Um, again, I'm not an expert. So this is something I want to know more about. What are you doing in spring to scout for deer? I could also go into a, a topic of, you know, uh, rubs and scrapes, but the thing with rubs is that they're not, they're not always going to be the same year in and year out for that buck. That is a home body. You know, there's going to be the, um, community, you know, uh, rubs where they're, they're going to, you know, mark their spots or whatever and travel down that, either whatever that tree line. Um, but this isn't something I know a whole lot about. So I'm trying to stick to the topics that I can navigate well, uh, as well as scrapes in, in relation to rubs, uh, you can see where that stuff is also. But again, some of these things are going to, they should be changing year to year. Um, so those are things to look for with the land and, and, the, and the digital scouting, you should be looking for, you know, where the rivers, where the lakes, where, you know, where their food plots, where they're traveling to and from, where their pinch points, that kind of stuff. These are things that most hunters know. So, you know, these are the topics that are just beat like a dead horse on the internet. You search for this kind of stuff, how to pattern deer, how to spring scout, all these tips. There's, you know, um, credible sites like, what did I look at here? Um, outdoorlife.com there's you know other bigger ones too that i'm not seeing right now field and stream and then you have stuff that's like that all these down all the way down to these little smaller subsets um some like myself could write an article about this but how credible is it you know credibility in the hunting industry is based off of experience and bucks tagged if that's what you're hunting for and for me i'm not the the you know get the, uh, don't get me wrong I want to get a huge freaking buck. I'm, I'm not joking there, but I'm just as happy more often than not to, to get some meat in the freezer. Um, and, and I'm always happy for the opportunity at a deer on public land. So I'm a very humble hunter. I'm very gracious when I hunt that said, yeah, I want a freaking big monster buck on my wall. Let's just be real for a second. So how do I find that buck? Well, you got to get out there. The most important aspect of this whole, whole thing, this whole topic is boots on the ground, get out there and do the work, get out there. And if you're going to, um, Try not to, to do too much. Let that deer know that you're in that area, even though it's way ahead of time. The, 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 the smaller the footprint you can leave in that area, the better. So uh, if you, like me, plan on crossing a river, perhaps, you know, you can wear thigh-high rubber boots, um, which will be, you know, some, some free and make sure you got some gloves on that kind of stuff. Don't go out there and you're, you know, after you got off of work or whatever and you got your freaking deodorant and your clone and whatever the hell else you're doing for the day, your cigarette in the car, your cigar, that kind of stuff. So that said, that is a uh, quick little podcast here. What are we at? About 10 minutes. That's exactly my goal, just about. So I hope you all uh, enjoyed this topic. Give me some feedback. Let me know how it's going. I'm going to keep doing these every week. The more you provide feedback, the better they should get and uh, the better I'll get with it. And hopefully the more you will get out of it. So again, as always, please leave me a rating on iTunes if you can. I always have Facebook and Twitter as well. If you do Facebook, it's uh, Facebook.com slash where to hunt Wisconsin. Twitter's a little bit different. Let me just look that one up here because I always forget it. And I'm new to that that medium. So it's twitter.com. And uh, let's see here. I am at W2H Hunt. 
and you'll see the, the logo that you're used to seeing and that kind of stuff. So feedback in Twitter, feedback on Facebook, iTunes ratings will help this podcast rank so more people can find it. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day and hunt public. 